What's up? And welcome to episode 92 of Throwback Hoops. My name is Rob Clayton, and joining me today is another very special guest. It's an absolute pleasure today to welcome guest host Stu from the Sport Blokes. Thanks so much for joining us again, mate. Mate, appreciate you having me on. Honestly, always great to talk hoops with you. Hoping that the internet decides to play nice today. But, um, geez, I'll tell you what, after Jacinta and Nathan Mookie the last three weeks, it, I've got Shaquille O'Neal size shoes to fill. <laughs> well, isn't this great? We talked about this at Woody's party. I know we've mentioned that on the last few weeks, but might as well get your thoughts on it. Did you enjoy the party of the century that was uh, Woody's 40th? I did once the incredible headache that I had subsided. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, from the several pints at the grand final, it kind of... Yeah, hit me for six a bit, but once I got in and yeah, managed to get some of that amazing butter chicken down, it was uh, it was, it was good, really good fun. Nice, no, it was great having you. And yeah, it's been really good these last few weeks, just sort of you know having a few special guests. Um, for those wondering, Woods is back in one week. So this is going to be kind of the last episode we do for a while, having a special guest host. Um, Woody's currently in India still. He gets back in about a week's time, and he'll be back on board next week. But um, yeah, can't thank you enough for for joining us again, Stu. Um, try to think, is this what the fourth time you've been on the show now? You 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 hosted one when, when Woody was away the other year. I think you and Nathan have been on twice together, possibly. So this could be number four, I think. So, yeah. It might, yeah, it might be. It's at least three. Three or yeah, four, definitely. Yeah, three or four. Yeah, definitely. Well, for those um, watching the video on YouTube, please make sure you like, rate, and subscribe. Um, if you're listening to the audio, uh, of course, it's available where all good podcasts can be found. So, all right, well, you know the drill one, asked you. After, you know, coming on three or four times, we're going to start off with jerseys there. Um, I'm obviously rocking a bit of a theme today in honor of your OKC Thunder, and I'm loving the, the Kevin List jersey hanging up. But, yeah, why don't you um, talk about the, the one you're rocking today? Yeah, I'll take the headphones out so I can do the Sounds the good. So Stu's standing up rocking the OKC number 12 jersey. Quite a, a topical jersey as well, which I'm so, uh, sure Stu will talk about. I'm loving that one, mate. And um, I just mentioned a bit of a topical jersey as well, right? The Stephen Adams one. It is. It is, yeah. So unfortunately, I'm wearing this in tribute to probably one of my top two or three favorite Oklahoma City Thunder players of all time, the... Uh, the man mountain from Rotorua, Stephen Adams, who unfortunately is, uh, yeah, we've, we've heard the news, the troublesome right knee is playing up. It's not responding to the non-surgical rehab, and unfortunately he's out for the whole season, which uh, is a real, so just kicking the guts for Memphis, who are, you know, already struggling with the whole Jarmorant suspension. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a real shame. No, I got that alert on my phone today. I actually had Adams in one of my fantasy teams. I'm like, oh, bugger, so I had to drop him straight away. And Yeah, big blow for Memphis, like you mentioned. Already jars out. I believe Brandon Clark's going to start the the season on the, the injured list as well. So I don't know who their bigs are at the moment. They're really going to be struggling in the, in the big man department there. But interesting, they've certainly been good the last few years, and they've, they've got some good players still on that team. But, yeah, they're really going to be up against it, aren't they? They are. I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr. is probably going to have to end up playing a bunch of center, which is not good for him. He already led the league in fouls per game last season. So mm. uh, I think guys like Jokic and Embiid will uh, absolutely take him to the cleaners, which is not good, um, certainly if you're a Memphis fan anyway. But look, what? you never know. 
one thing about Triple J, he certainly didn't lead the league in rebounding, as we as we well know. So maybe that can be something he works on this year and he actually tries to, to up those averages. He doesn't really have much of a choice, right? So, all right. Well, I'll, um, I'm not really going to do the full spiel about my ones this week, Stu. So I've just rocked a couple of OKC ones in your honour. They're a little bit, I'm not going to say boring, but, you know, they're still guys that are, you know, currently playing. So I'm not going to do the full, you know, talk about their career sort of thing. Um, but as you can see, hanging over my shoulder, I've got the pretty old school one now. So you notice that thunder on that one. It's Oklahoma City on this one. So it's the old school. Russell Westbrook jersey so those that know me well know that I'm just a huge fan of Westbrook um, always have been um, you know he's got a lot of haters out there and I guess rightfully so with some of the things he's, he's done over the years on the court but I think you know some of the things he has done on the court are the reason why I like him and I think he's, he's one of the great players I've seen um, I was actually thinking Stu when I got that one out um, I seem to be attracted to all the NBA players that other people seem to hate so I'm not quite sure what the go is there I could have my my starting five literally probably a five of my maybe top seven or eight players in the NBA. How's this for a starting five of an all-hate team? So we've got Westbrook and Trey in the backcourt, Zach Levine, Julius Randle, and Big Cat at centre. So they're probably five of my top seven players in the league, and all five of those have got a lot of haters. I know you're not a fan of Cat. Um, I don't know. I think you're okay with Trey and probably the other ones. But, yeah, it's, um, for some reason, those, um, those I'll seem to like those sort of guys. I don't, I don't mind Cat. I mean, I've got... I've got three of his jerseys, funnily enough. But yeah, so, true, uh, true. I find just with him, I don't know, I just think he falls in love with the three too much, and that, mm. that's what frustrates me. He's an incredibly gifted player, but, yeah, just unfortunately when you're that big and you fall in love with the three. I mean, look, I know you're a, a big guy who loves the three as well, but, uh, look, I don't know, just sometimes he needs to go inside and dominate, use that athleticism and skill that he's got. Fair enough. And we're doing some NBA predictions later, so we'll have to see how um, high either of us or low either of us have got the, the Timberwolves ranked there. But look, the one I'm wearing, it's just, I'll stand up and show it. It's a pretty, it's one you're going to find at all the shops at the moment, so it's not really a throwback jersey like I normally wear, but thought I'd throw a bit of love to, to our boy Josh. So Robbie is wearing the greatest number three in Oklahoma City Thunder history, Josh Giddy. Certainly better than the previous three, Chris Paul. Yes, exactly so, right. Chris Paul was a great number three, but Giddy, Giddy is better. Oh, yeah. My daughter's got this exact same jersey. We realised today hers says Thunder on and mine says OKC, which is pretty random, but yeah. It's, um, I've always liked the OKC colours as well, I've got to say, Stu. They haven't really changed it up over the years. I I know I do have one of those orange Westbrook ones, you know, when they were rocking that orange that season. And also I remember they rock those, you know, that kind of dark blue with a bit of white as well for a little while there. But they've um they've stayed pretty true to their colours, haven't they? Um, yeah, appreciate the jersey you're rocking, mate. I was wondering, though, were you thinking about wearing a, a Sean Bruce Sydney Kings jersey? Was that like a, a, a chance to or not? <laughs> no, unfortunately not. As uh, as much as I love Brucey, no. I'm, look, I'm not a not a huge fan of the guy, but I appreciate the way that he plays the game. He's a he's a Pat Beverly esque sort of player, <laughs> but no, certainly not for me. I, if the only NBL one I'm rocking is the Kevin Lish, which is uh, yeah from quite a few years ago. Now it's sort of. Mm. It's, crept up on me just how long ago it was that he started with the Wildcats. I should say as well, for those who are wondering, that to say, hey, that background looks a little bit familiar. We've seen that background um, recently. That's, of course, because you're, you're at Nate's house um, tonight recording there. So I believe you're going to be jumping on recording your latest episode, um, Sport Blokes, after this, I think. Um, so, yeah, um, massive shout-out yes, to you. Right. You know, you've done a day's, day's worth of work and you're doing two podcasts tonight. So really appreciate it. So, all right, well, let's get into it. Um, so... I thought we might start off with some NBL this week, Stu. Um, after the Wildcats result, I was thinking of maybe just scrapping the NBL off the whole run sheet, but of course we're not going to do that. But um, look, as we always do, we'll sort of do a quick little review of the last round and then a preview of the next round. But um, in terms of round four, um, what were some of the things that stood out for you in the, in the most recent round? Yeah, 
Well, I've got a few things. The first thing, obviously, we all really need to just stop underestimating the jack jumpers. Like every single season we do this, we, we count them out. Oh, they can't possibly do it again. They are by far the best coach team in the NBL right now. Yeah. I mean, everyone understands and accepts their roles. You've got Jordan Crawford and Milton Doyle, probably the most potent one-two in the league right now. And, you know, the best center they could ask for with that team in Marcus Lee. Does all the dirty work, doesn't need stuff run for him. Those guys are absolutely the real deal. Yeah, mate, that game against the Kings, so for those that sort of didn't see the result, um, Tasmania, I wouldn't say massive upset, you know, it's two of the better teams, but they knocked off the Kings on their home floor there, and Jordan Crawford was amazing. I'm going to stop calling him Jordan Crawford, it was sort of confusing me the way he spells it, but it's definitely Jordan Crawford, but he put on a show, I was watching a bit of that with my wife, she couldn't believe just how tiny he was, and I think after I showed her, he might have gone on and scored about the next 12 points in that game. Um, he's just a walking bucket, isn't he? Great passer of the ball too, very unselfish, um, love the way he goes about it. Yeah, some of those guys Guys like Majok Dang have really stepped up. Um, they've just got a lot of sort of, you know, no-nonsense guys that come off that bench there and really, really work well there. So, yeah, I think get behind that team. They're fun to watch. Um, Milton Doyle, you know, didn't have his greatest game against the Kings, I didn't think, but still hit some really timely shots there and, of course, is an MVP candidate. But, um, yeah, what else um, stood out for you then? Well, I was actually going to, I guess, flip around and ask you a question. The, the flip yeah. side of that game that you just mentioned, the Sydney Kings, what are your thoughts on the Kings right now? Yeah, look, it's still a little bit of a work in progress, I think. Um, you know, they're still trying to fit a lot of new guys into that team. And, of course, literally they're getting, I think he was either second or third in the MVP voting last year in DJ Hogue, which is just going to be a huge acquisition. But I think they're going okay. Um, you know, they've had a few of these, I think maybe the last three Sundays in a row, they've had that Sunday afternoon game. Um, I don't think their defense was obviously good yesterday. They gave up a you know a franchise high for the Jack Jumpers there, you know, getting three figures there. But um, I think they're going to be okay. Um, you know, they've um, they've got some depth. Um, they're probably still like a couple of the teams, and like I mentioned last week, that are potentially playing too many guys. Um, I've said it before, 40-minute games, I don't think you need to be going 10 or 11 uh, deep into the roster. Um, you know, Wildcats and Kings both played one game last week, so, you know, play eight players, play nine if you have to, but maybe give some of those guys a bit more time. But, yeah, I think they'll be okay. Um, what about, I'll ask you as well, Stu, so obviously the two Melbourne teams were the, were the other standout teams of the round, weren't they, both um, ending the round 2-0 and there. Um, as the South East um, were really impressive for me, so they had 17 points and 23-point wins, so a combined margin of victory of 40 points there. Um, they're a different different team with big source in the lineup, aren't they? That's it. That's the difference. It's Alan mm. Williams. He, the yeah. guy is an absolute beast. I know, you know, every time we play him, that's the guy. You know, obviously mm. Mitch Creek is a perennial MVP sort of candidate, but yeah, big source has got all the moves. He's an incredible rebounder down low. And, and it's just, it is, it's a struggle to stay in front of him and, and keep the guy from just dominating. So yeah, very, very big difference it makes having them on. And, yeah, Melbourne United as well. I mean, JLA mm. came back off the bench, had, what, 16 points in not that much time. He was game. angry too, wasn't he? 21 minutes sharing. Yeah, he's playing angry in that game. He was. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a big that's one scary. for me. That's Getting scary. JLA back in that lineup, you know, it's just a huge thing for him there. It is, it is. I did just quickly want to go back to Sydney for a second. Just one thing, and I know you're absolutely right, they will figure it out once Hogue gets back. Mm. The living and dying by the three-point shot is kind of what worries me a little bit at the moment. So yeah. you look at the last two games, they were seven or... Well, actually, let, let's look at it this way. Two games against Tasmania, so one of the best teams in the league. Seven of 25 at 28%, and then 10 of 37 at 27%. Mm. And then they also had that seven of 40, which is 17% against Perth. So three games 
where they've really struggled shooting the ball. Their last two games, 77 threes to 75 twos, wow. even though they're shooting 22%. It's disgusting. It's so, pretty crazy, yeah. You've got Jordan Hunter there. Well, it's, it's all the team as well, isn't it? Everyone's got that green light when they come on there, you know. Anyone's coming off the bench and they're, they're jacking up threes there. But I think you're right, though, Stu. That's that's too many for this team. It's not like they're an undersized team as well. You're right. They've got Geordie Hunter down low. Um, you know, they've got some length with guys like Tui and, and, and um, you know, even Valentine's probably above average for his position there in size. So, yeah, I think they probably need to cut that out a little bit. Um, we've got a coach that's been, you know, around NBA teams, and we know that's the way NBA teams have gone over the last few years. But, yeah, I agree. I mean, you're shooting 17% from the three point line you're not really doing yourself any favors are you nah, you're not, not going to win many games in the nbl shooting those sorts of numbers and i guess the the obvious next person to bring up with bad shooting numbers at the moment is bryce cotton and the wildcats we do have to just quickly talk about it as horrible mm. as it is you know what did you make of the disappointing performance over the weekend against yeah Adelaide? no we couldn't escape having a chat about the wildcats you know those that most you and i we're we're massive wildcats fans wildcats lifers there and um yeah another disappointing game there um I try and be positive. I'm more that sort of glass half full fan there. But there was a few things that bugged me in that game. Um, you know, little things like not calling a timeout when we're down five with a minute left and running and, and Harris jacking up that shot. Again, probably playing too many players. But then, you know, Ben Henschel not getting any minutes again. Ah, uh, yeah, they're, they're frustrating, aren't they? And, and as you mentioned, Cotton, you know, look, he was really good last week against the Kings. He was a real standout for them. You know, his percentages weren't amazing but yeah he's been a little bit down i'm not quite sure what it is i think it's too he's not old enough to be saying he's you know he's turning that corner yet you guys what 31 years old so i don't know the league's got a bit more athletic they're playing bigger guys on him perhaps and i'm you know i'm, I'm very confident he'll he'll shoot his way and get himself out of this slump but i'm pretty concerned i've got to say with the way we're looking so far um you know teams like adelaide we we all thought they'd be wooden spurners and probably would struggle to win more than a handful of games and you know, they, they thoroughly deserve that, that win against the Wildcats on Saturday. And if the Wildcats aren't careful, you know, they're at home this week. Um, you know, they've got a big game against Brisbane, who, again, on paper, you think, yeah, we should be right there. Absolutely no guarantees there. And I think if Brisbane win that one, I think there's going to be starting to be some, you know, whispers out of Perth about, you know, Coach really. Um, I don't know, like... It's, it's a tough ask, isn't it, to back up from someone like Trevor Gleeson. You know, obviously, we're going to forget the previous coach, um, which we like to do. But, yeah, someone like Gleeson that had all the success, he's back in Perth at the moment. He's, you know, in the in the limelight as well. Um, what was your take? Did you have any sort of different thoughts on that, or am I, am I on the, the right, um, right path there? I, th I think you are. I mean, there's already more than murmurs about it. Every time there's a post on any kind of social media, whether mm. it's Twitter, I refuse to call it X the same as Nathan. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Facebook, whatever it happens to be, it just it always seems to be focusing on really the lack of defensive intensity, the lack of any sort of offensive structure. Yeah. It, there's a lot of things going wrong. I mean, Alex Saar and Jordan Usher both started the season really well. They've been a little bit average the last couple of games. You know, Bryce Cotton does seem to have kind of lost that fear factor a little bit. He's shooting 32% on the season, less than 29 from three. Mm. It, the rebounding, we thought that was going to be so much better this season with Saar and with Pinder and, all, you know, all of these guys. We're getting out-rebounded by an average of over eight a game, every yeah. single game. I think yeah. we've won one rebound count so far, and it was like a plus two in one of the games. So 
there's a lot of factors right now that are, are really not going well for the Cats. And that rebounding thing is probably the thing that frustrates me more than anything because we all know, you know, anyone that's played basketball knows that a lot of the thing about rebounding, it's an effort thing, right? Um, you just got to be prepared to play down and dirty there. You don't have to be the biggest team in the world. I think Pinder's been probably a little bit better and he had a, a pretty solid game against Adelaide, but they've just got to work harder. They've got to box out. They've got to get in position. They've got to read people's shot better, you know, just just better, you know, basketball IQs there with rebounding. Um, and yeah, they do have a bigger team now. Um, someone you mentioned in Jordan Usher, yeah, my opinion seems to, you know, really fluctuate on him. After that first game, I think at, at Woody's party, I was calling him the MVP, a bit, a little bit of tongue in cheek there, but he's been pretty average since then, hasn't he? You know, he came in sort of, you know, proclaiming, proclaiming himself as potential defensive player of the year. I haven't seen it, to be honest. Um, I haven't really seen him lock down anyone. Um, and what I am seeing is someone that's, you know, not that willing a passer, someone that pretty much gets the ball and you know that shot's going up. And he had a couple of ordinary shots in that fourth quarter against Adelaide where he just kind of jacked up shots early in the offense there and it was a bit frustrating. Um, I'd still like him to see to, to play Sarah a little bit more than they are. Um, and even someone like um, uh, the, the big fellow that came over from Melbourne, um, Aquera, he actually had a couple of moments in that um, Sydney game the other week. So I feel like you don't know where you stand. Henschel, you know, doesn't play one week, comes on and gets, you know, 20 plus points, limited minutes against Sydney, doesn't play against Adelaide. So I think guys are trying to really find their way in this rotation. Um, look, the Jesse Wagstaff experiment, massive congrats on him getting that 450th game, but I'm wondering whether he just has to be that, you know, DMP, you know, break glass in, in you know, case of emergency type player now, because I think you're playing him over guys like the two Harrises or, you know, Saar or even Doolittle could potentially get some more minutes there. But what do you reckon? It's, um, you think Jesse's getting a bit too many minutes there or? Absolutely. And mm. I've been saying that for probably a couple of seasons now. Yeah. I mean, I love the guy. He's been an absolute stalwart in this team for, you know, a decade, basically. But, yeah, the game's gone past him. He's still got it all up here, but the body's not really responding the same way as it used to. And, yeah, unfortunately, as you say, guys like Hiram Harris and Ben Henschel and Anna Quera, who I, I don't mind, yeah. they are. They're, they're missing out. And this is the time to be playing some of these younger guys. I would love the idea of running the offense through Saar, you know, post him up a little mm. bit. The guy's pretty tall. I don't know if anyone's noticed that. He's pretty tall, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, well, look, hopefully they can turn it around. I mean, look, they're not too far behind. You know, they've still won two games. Some of the teams like Sydney and that, you know, have only won four. So they're not totally behind. But like I said, games like this um, Friday night against Brisbane, massive games there. I think they will have a bit of a run of some doubles coming up. They've had a couple of, you know, single um, weeks in a row there. But, um, yeah, hopefully they turn it over for our sake, right, mate? We already suffered enough with West Coast Eagles this year. We can't, you know, put up with West Coast doing what they did and then Wildcats being underperforming as well. So um, hopefully our NBA teams go better, which I know we're going to talk about. Yeah. Did you see the AFLW Eagles team had a win yesterday against the Bombers? Look, I saw a headline come up on my phone. I'd be lying to say if I watched it, but yeah. I guess any time you can beat an Essendon team, that's always a plus, right? But yeah. No, well said, mate. Was there anything else you had on... Get on... Out. <laughs> that's it. Any other thoughts on round four? Or are you ready to go on to, to a bit of a preview? No, I think that was the, the main sort of stuff. I mean, I guess the only other thing, just quickly, is that the the Cairns Taipans and New Zealand Breakers, it's very hard to judge them. I think they'll Ooh, yeah. be there or thereabouts at the end of the season, but obviously they've had a really tough schedule the last couple of weeks. Now, good point. Actually, on that, I watched the whole of that United and New Zealand game. New Zealand really gave them a, a, a tough run there. I don't even believe they'd gone home. I think they might have come straight from the US to, to Melbourne and play that game. So full credit to them. They were in that game up until the end. Um, I like the, the law firm. He, he put up some good numbers for them there. Um, Finn Delaney's probably someone I'd like to see probably get a few more shots for them. But no, they're a deep team. I think they'll be... they'll. 
they're a sort of team that, you know, if you're looking at Wildcats or some of these teams that are middle of the table towards the bottom of the table, New Zealand's probably going to pass them. And I'm actually looking forward to see Cairns as well, Stu. They've got to double, I think, the next couple of rounds. So looking forward to see some of those young guys there. All right, well, good stuff. We'll get on to a bit of a round five preview. So quite a busy weekend coming up. Um, and Woody, if you're watching this, I hope I'm actually going half decent. Um, we're putting up these slides. Um, I'm still kind of learning what I'm doing here, so um, bear with me. But um, yeah, as I mentioned, round five, we've got a few more games than we've had um, you know, last week. So I'll just go through these sort of just quickly one by one, Stu, and we can give some thoughts there. So um, look, we've got another Thursday game as we as we do. We've got a double, actually. So we talked about these New Zealand games when you were up in um, over in Sydney the other month as well. So a 5.30 start there, which is 2.30 there. So it must be pretty hard for you guys in the West to, to watch these games. But yeah, New Zealand against Adelaide, what are your, your thoughts on that one? Well, certainly that is the joy of having KO, I guess, being able to go back and watch it on delay, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to imagine that New Zealand don't beat Adelaide at home. You would think it would be relatively comfortable, maybe 15-ish. So, yeah, I yeah. can't see Adelaide uh, getting another big scout. I agree. It'd be interesting to see if Flowers gets on the court too. That was so bizarre seeing him getting a DMP CD against Perth after being so good a couple of uh, games ago as well. So obviously a lot of teams are working out how they're playing these next star players. You see a few not getting a, a massive amount of minutes. Um, well, the other game on Thursday night, um, it's an interesting one, this one, I think. So Illawarra at home against Cairns. Um, you know, Cairns have had a pretty um, a pretty interesting start to the season. We're just playing a, a couple of games and being over in the US. Didn't go great in those games. It did have a few injuries and people out there. Um, Look, for me, this is, you know, I mentioned the Wildcats game being big. This is an even bigger one for Illawarra. Um, you know, you've got to defend your home court, right? Um, I, I still like some of the players on that roster. I think Tyler Harvey and Robinson have both been a little bit disappointing this year, but I still I still like some of the talent on that team. So, look, I'm going to say Illawarra win this one and, and get a much-needed uh, win at home. Um, you got any different thoughts on that one? Yeah, I do, actually. I think Cairns get this one. Mm. Uh, for me, yeah, you mentioned Justin Robinson. I mean... We saw that very small glimpse of what he can do. He had that that really big game earlier in the season, but for this, you know, for the whole of the season, 32% from the field, less than 22% from three. You got two high volume, low percentage shooters in one backcourt. It's just, yeah. I don't know. It's a bit of a struggle right now. I like Cairns. Mm. I really like their the makeup of their team, and I think they'll go in there and get that one. Ah, oh, fair call. And, and mate, you're right. 32% from an import. I mean, that's pretty ordinary, isn't it? So hopefully you can in, improve on that a little bit. Um, we've got an absolute cracker the first game. So another double header on Friday night. But what a cracker this first game here. So Tasmania against Melbourne. Um, sure, that'll absolutely be sold out down there on the Apple Isle there. So. Wow, who do you pick for this one? I mean, United have won four in a row. Tassie have won four out of their last five. So, you know, it's basically what is a top-of-the-table clash. Um, I'm going to say Tassie. Hard to, to go against them at the moment. We did mention Melbourne with having JLA, just how deep they are. Now, I don't even need to really play Rob Lowe, who'd been so good this year. But I'm going to say Tassie for that one. What's, um, what's your pick for that game? I mean, it's the game of the round, absolutely. You're talking about the most talented team in the league right now in Melbourne and the best actual team in Tassie. Yeah. I think being played in Tassie... See, I've been so on the fence about this one. I, Funnily enough, when I was sort of preparing for all of this, I had Melbourne winning it, but 
I think I think you're right. I think Tassie in a very close one. It could be a one or two possession game. Yeah, no, really looking forward to that. So that probably is the main course of the, the Friday night games. And we've got the, you know, for those in the eastern states, the the nine thirty Wildcats game and you know six thirty for you guys in the west there. But the Wildcats playing Brisbane. So you know Brisbane looked okay to start the season. They've lost four in a row. The Wildcats have lost three in a row. So pretty crucial for both of them. Um, look, the Wildcats have to win this game, and I believe they will. So um, I'll be um, watching with interest there. Um, you're not, you're not going to this game live at all, are you? Or? I don't believe so, no. But, jeez, I'll tell you what. If we can't beat an Aaron Bainsless Brisbane at home, mm. it might be time to just hang it up for the season. That's it. I'm sure we'll be sharing a few messages Friday night, depending on, on how that one goes. So looking forward to that there. Um, and then, look, we've got another another decent game on Saturday. So, again, the doubleheaders continue. So doubleheaders Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So pretty exciting there. So that first one on Saturday night or Saturday, yeah, Saturday evening there is um, southeast against New Zealand. So really looking forward to that one. We know New Zealand will be, be having a double there. Southeast was with the single this week. But, yeah, whew, look, it's hard to go past Southeast. They've won three in a row there. As we mentioned, big sources back and, and looking good. So I'll say Southeast in that one, but probably in a close game. Um, what are you thinking for that one? Yep, no, I've got the same. I've got the Phoenix at home. It's that, you know, two games in less than 48 hours for the Breakers with the time difference as well. Yeah. All the travelling they've done the last couple of weeks, it's going to be very, very tough for them to back up. No, nah, good point. Well, the next one there, I know, look, Woody will be, you know, eagerly watching this. It's his two favourite teams there, so he'll be watching this in India. Um, I did actually have a chat to Woody today, so we had a bit of a, a chat on WhatsApp there. I actually mentioned to him I've been watching the Celebrity Amazing Race um, Australia the last few weeks. Um, I cannot believe how crazy India looks. I know you've been there before, Stu. I just can't get over just how busy it is and just how hot it looks and everything. So, yeah, very interesting place. But, yeah, shout-out to Woods over there, and he'll be watching that. Um yeah, look, a big game, I guess. Um, you know, Cairns getting that double there. Um, I'd say Sydney will bounce back and, and make up for that loss against Tassie. But, um, yeah, what are your thoughts on, on that one? Yeah, I think it's a similar story for Cairns as it is to New Zealand. I mean, you've got a game in Illawarra on Thursday. You mm. back it up on Sydney against... The, sorry, you back it up on Saturday, I should say, against Sydney. They're going to be really disappointed with their performance last weekend. They're going yep. to be ready for this game, and I, I dare say they'll probably handle it. I'll throw this second last one to you. So Melbourne against Illawarra. Um, all I'm going to ask this to you is how much will Melbourne win by? Oh, it'd have to be 20-odd at least. I mean, mm. yeah, a Melbourne team at home. Yes, I know they're travelling, obviously, earlier in that round, but, I mean, the trip to Hobart is pretty quick, so it yeah. shouldn't impact them too much. I think it'll be about 20-odd. Yeah, it could be a little bit ugly, that one. Um, yeah, depending on what happens in that you know, Melbourne-Tassie game, whether they're playing with a, a bit of a chip on their shoulder and they go on, you know, on a four-game winning streak. But, yeah, I, wanna, I won't disagree with that prediction. Um, and then we finish off the round, so we've got the, the 4 o'clock. And I think I've mentioned on a few of these previous, Stu, I like how they're keeping these standard game times this year. We're not doing really the Monday games. I think there's not a Monday game until maybe round 10 or something. But it's that traditional time. You know there's going to be a two... I mean, we're talking you know, Eastern State times. You know there's going to be a 2 o'clock and a 4 o'clock game on a Sunday... You know, there's going to be, you know, Thursday night games. So I like the way the NBL's done the schedule this year. But, yeah, in terms of that game, it's hard to go past Tassie. Um, they'll make the trip to Brisbane and they'll get that one, I think. Yeah, I, I don't think the Bullets have looked anywhere near as potent without Aaron Baines. And it just, 
you know, it's got worse and worse as the rounds have gone. And, and look, they're flying home from Perth the day before that game as well. Makes it yeah. pretty tough out against the Jackies. No, definitely. Well, certainly a big round coming up. So eight games there. We've got double headers every game. So everyone um, watch those. Um, set your fantasy team. Stu, I know we've, um, we're both going okay in fantasy, I think. it's um, Yeah, it's a bit of a task each week trying to find the right players. I find every time I take someone out of the team, they end up having a good game the next week. But um, it's all fun, isn't it? It's good sort of, you know, coming up against guys we know and that. Um, but the big thing is now we've got some NBA predictions to talk about. So I know we've been looking forward to this. And, um, you know, regular followers of the show will know that Woody and I have done this you know this is our our third um you know pre-season of the nba where we've done these um i should mention as well Stu, it's um monday the 23rd of october at the time of recording so we're two more sleeps two more sleeps until the game starts so cannot wait really looking forward to this season probably as much as i have been for a while so we've got you on board with these predictions this um this year and we actually got Woody sending his predictions all the way from india as well so what i thought i'd do is we've got some sort of standard categories and a couple of random ones that i put on at the end but we'll go through um i'll sort of mix up the order but we'll go through and sort of give our predictions here and see how different we are i should say we i don't know what you've fixed you you don't know what i've picked so we could get some differences here um we've also got an okc and hawks win prediction in this one, so I'll be interested to see where we both stand with each other's teams there. So, well, let's start off. I'll go to you, mate. Um, MVP, who you got? Well, look, I think the Embiid narrative is well and truly done now. The, they saw what happened. They give him the MVP, and then he just basically, you know, wets the bed in the uh, in the playoffs. So, mm. can't imagine that he'll be getting it again this year. It's kind of hard to give it to Giannis with having Dame Lillard there as well. I think the media rank him as a better support than Jamal Murray. Mm. I'm not entirely sure that's right, but that's kind of how he's ranked in the media. So, got to be boring. I think it has to be Jokic. He's the best player in the league. He does more things well than Giannis. I love how he does it while not even really liking basketball as well. He's mm. absolutely hilarious. So, yeah, I, I think you've kind of got to give it to Jokic again. No, good pick. I was watching an old Ali G um, video today when he was talking to the NBA guys and he's, he's talking to Steve Nash and saying oh, how he won the MP3, you know, rather than the MVP. So I had a bit of a chuckle at that today when I was watching that. But, um, well, look, I'll go with Woody's prediction first. So Woody and I have both gone different, so we're all different here. Um, Woody's gone Jason Tatum. So, you know, it'll be quite a young MVP winner there. Probably not a bad pick. You know, sometimes the, they pick, you know, the best player from, you know, the handful of top teams there. So not a bad prediction from Woods. Um, I've got Giannis. Um, I think he's looking pretty good in the preseason. You know, not not really going out on a limb picking someone like Giannis, but I think if they do, you know, piece together a high fifty win team and he's putting up numbers like he's done, I think it could be an easy one for to go for him then. But I could see all three of those sort of being a chance here. So, um, all right, all NBA. I'll start with Woody on this one, Stu, and then I'll, I'll go to maybe you last on this one. So I'll start with Woody. So he's got um, Luca and SGA. Uh, he's got Tatum, he's got Yana, and he's got uh, Yanis, and then he's got the Joker. Uh, I'm just looking at mine now. So I've got I've got two different. So and it's my backcourt actually. So I've got an old man Steph Curry along with Devin Booker. Um, I think Devin Booker is going to have a very good season there. Um, and then I've also gone Tatum, Giannis, and, and Jok- uh, uh, the Jokic there. So what's your five? Are you have you got any of those same five of uh, Woody and I've got there? Very, very similar. So, yeah, starting from the centre down, Jokic, Giannis at the power forward, Tatum at the small forward. I think yep. that's probably unanimous. With all three of us, yeah. Um, I've gone, yeah, I've gone Luca at the, at the shooting guard, but I mm-hmm. did really consider Devin Booker on that. I feel like yep. Booker is going to have a really good season. The Suns are going to be better than Dallas as well. Yep. And I did go Steph as well. Yeah, still the best yeah. shooter in the world. They, you know, it's, it's hard to go past. 
Interesting. Geez, they were very similar. I mean, look, I did think about Luca, but I, I actually think Dallas is going to struggle this year. I think if you know Dallas end up winning, say, between 35 and 40 games, I think it's going to be hard to put someone like him in that All-NBA team there. We'd have to have a real monster season there. Just not really loving what Dallas has done in the off-season there. But I guess we're both putting a little bit of faith into Curry there. Um, I actually think uh, Curry playing alongside Paul is going to be good for him there. And, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. So quite interesting, that same front line, though. So we've all got Tatum, um, Giannis, and and uh, Big Nicola there. So we'll have to see how that one goes. Um, all right, so this one is the... Um, well, the finals, uh, the, who the final matchup is and who the winner is. So we'll start with you on that one, Stu. I've got Denver beating Boston 4-2. Ooh, nice, so nice. I, I just think, just, <clears throat> look, again, I love Jokic as the, the MVP. As the, you know, I feel like he's the best player in the planet right now. So, yeah. you know, it's hard to go past him. I don't know necessarily that Boston will be able to stop him. Mm. Uh, look, I mean, that could easily go either way, though, in a seven-game series. You know, Tatum and Brown are incredible. Yeah. If Orzingis is healthy, who knows? But, you know, I like Denver. No, fair call. Um, Woody and I have actually gone the same teams with a different result. I actually didn't put a, a win-loss on mine, but I'm going to say I've got the Bucks to win. I've got the Bucks to beat the Lakers, so maybe a little bit of a surprise. I just think if the Lakers can stay healthy this year, they're really going to improve on last season. So I'll say the Bucks will win in six. Um, Woody's actually picking the Lakers, so Woody's picked the Lakers over the Bucks. Um, he hasn't given a prediction, so I'm just going to say seven because it sounds good there. So, all right, so you've got the Nuggets, right? I've got um, the Bucks and Woody's got the Lakers. So interesting to see which one of us gets out there. And I should mention as well, we will bring this up at the end of the season. We'll have a podcast. Maybe we'll get you back on that podcast, Stu, and we'll talk through and see how you know bad some of our picks were, but how good some of them were as well. Um, all right, I appreciate that. Um, well, we might go the, we'll go the conference finals as well. So obviously we know who we've picked there. Conference finals, I'll start off. So I've got Bucks beating Celtics. Um, Woody's also got Bucks beating Celtics. Um, and then in the West, I've got the Lakers beating Denver, and so does Woody. So Woody and I are exactly the same for those, which is a surprise. But what were your conference finals uh, matchups there? Yeah, I mean, look, I had the Bucks and Celtics as well. I've got Boston winning that in seven. Mm. It's, you know, it's hard to see anyone else in the East, really. When you look at teams like Cleveland and New York are talented, but they maybe don't have the playoff experience. Yeah, Philly could be an absolute disaster, depending on what happens with James Harden. So I think mm. it's hard to go past those two teams. Uh, I've got, I don't know, I, I thought Denver and Phoenix seemed like the obvious choice in the West, but... I actually don't think that Phoenix will get there. I think it could potentially be someone like the Warriors if they stay healthy. I mean, they've got mm. a, a very, very deep team. I think getting rid of Jordan Poole and, and adding Chris Paul just gives them a bit more stability. Yeah. So if, if they can stay healthy, you never know. But I could also see the Lakers trading D'Angelo Russell at the trade deadline and mm. making it too. So you just don't know. I think it'd be a, a very brave tip so that picks a, you know, not Bucks versus Celtics right in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like you said, there's a few other teams you could maybe make a slight argument for, but both of those teams are loaded there and they've got the you know we did the win loss um last week shout out to, to Mookie for that one and they they easily had the you know the highest over and unders there so all right well um we'll stick with the east there and we'll sort of talk about our you know our six teams that we think are going to make the playoffs so obviously there's the six teams in the playoffs four teams in the play-in what we might do is we might do this one a bit differently and just go for the number so who's your number one seed in the east there Milwaukee at number one. Yeah. All right. So Woody and I are both Milwaukee. So that's unanimous. So all three of us have got the Bucks at one. Um, Woody and I have both got the Celtics at number two. I'm thinking you may be the same, right? 
Okay, so that yep. that was pretty easy. Yep. All right, so this is when I think it gets a bit different there. So I'll start off. So the team that I've got finishing third in the East is Cleveland. Um, Woody's got Miami, which, of course, that does shock me there. Um, who, who have you got at number three? I, as soon as you started half smirking, I was like, I bet you any money Woody's put Miami at three. Yeah. I've got Cleveland at three as well. Yeah. I like a Cleveland team. I think they've got a couple of injuries early on there, but you know, I think Mobley will take another step up there. Um, I think Mitchell's going to put up big numbers. Um, you know, I'm not sure if Woody saw all those departures from that uh, Miami team or whether he's got a lot of high hopes in Tyler Hero. Fair enough. Hero, Hero could come back and have a monster season. But, yeah, it's an interesting one at three. Um, and then, basically, uh, well, four. I'll put my homer hat on, Stu. Atlanta Hawks, finishing fourth for me. Um, so, for uh, Woody had... What do you have? One, two, three, four. Woody had the Cavs at four. Who did you have for four? I've got Philly at four. I, mm. Look, they could absolutely implode, but I'd yeah. like to think that with the talent they've got, you know, they've still got Tyrese Maxey, they've still got Tobias Harris. There's every chance that they still have a, a pretty close to a 50-win season. Maxey could put up some big numbers this year, couldn't he? Um, yeah, well, look, I had... Um... I had New York next. So I had New York at five, um, and, and Woody had Philadelphia at five. Um, so I'm guessing you're probably going to be having the Knicks or Miami here, if I'm, I'm guessing correctly. Got the Knicks at five. The yep. Knicks at five, yep. Yeah, yeah I mean, look, that, they've got a strong team, right? I feel like they're bringing back a lot of their core there. Um, they've got all those left-handed guys that we've mentioned a few times there that'll come out and, and play well. I think Brunson looks really good in that Knicks lineup there. So, yeah, I think um, they're certainly not going to be you know any worse than they were last year. Um, what we'll do is we'll recap this, but rounding out the six there, um, I've got Philadelphia at six. Um, Woody's got the Knicks. Um, so who's your six pick there? I've got Miami at six. Yeah. Well, tell you what, Stu, give out, read out your six in order just so we've got that fresh there. So you had Bucks at, Bucks at one. Yep, so Milwaukee, Boston, Cleveland, Philly, New York, and Miami. Uh-huh. So my six was Milwaukee, Boston, Cleveland, Atlanta, New York, and Philly. So probably the only one we were differing on there is Miami and uh, Atlanta. And Woody had Bucks, Celtics, Heat, Cavs, 76ers, and Knicks. So all similar apart from, I guess, both of you guys having Miami and me having Atlanta. So the other five are all the same. Um, we've done our playing teams. I might just read out my four in order there. So I've got the Pacers. I think they're going to be a bit of an improver this year. So Pacers at seven. Uh, Miami, shout out to to um, Sid and the Sydney Sea Kings. I've got Miami at eight there. So uh, Miami making the play, and I was right on that last year, as I like to sort of talk about on the show, even though they made the finals. So uh, Miami at eight. I've got Brooklyn at nine, and then Chicago at 10. So that was kind of um, my prediction there. Woody's uh, four for the play -in. He's got the Nets. He's got the Hawks at eight, then Chicago and the Pacers. So um, the same, well, yeah, we've basically got all the same eight teams there. What were your four East play-in teams? Yeah, well, my four actually round out. We've got the exact same 10. So I've got the Hawks mm. at seven, the Bulls at eight, Pacers at nine, and the Nets at 10. Interesting. So no love from any of us for, for a team like Toronto, right? I guess they've, you know, they've lost, lost Fred Van Vliet. You know, they've replaced him with DS17. But they're, they're a team that maybe could surprise. I could see them, you know, defending their home court, potentially getting up there. But that's quite interesting, isn't it? We've got the exact same uh, 10 there. So I guess Hawks is a bit of a difference there. So four for me, um, seven for you, and... What's that? Eight for Woody there. So, um, look, I hope I'm right. Um, we'll talk about our win-loss predictions for that soon. But um, well, let's do the same thing with the with the West. We might speed this one up a little bit, um, Stu. So I'll just read them out this one. So I'll start off with Woody. Um, in order for his six playoff teams, he's got Denver, 
Phoenix, Lakers, Sacramento, Golden State, and OKC. Um, my six teams for the West playoffs, I've got Nuggets, Lakers, Suns. Here's one that Woody and I really differ on, the Grizzlies. So, uh, sorry, the Wolves. So I've got the Wolves at number four in the West, um, and then Grizzlies and Golden State to round out the top six. Um, who are your six in the West, Aaron? Are we going to see the Wolves? Well, I've got the same six as what Woody's got, but in a mm -hmm. slightly different order. So I've got the Nuggets, the Suns, the Kings, the Warriors, the Lakers, and the Thunder at six. Okay. Um, I should say, for me, Sacramento is my big slider this year. So I've got them finishing 10th and just sneaking into the play in there. I think um, last year I felt like a lot of things went their way. Um, don't think they've changed their team a whole lot in the offseason there. Um, I think they're going to be a team that probably um, disappoints. That's just you know personal opinion there. But um, well, I've got OKC um, at 7, uh, the Clippers at 8, the Pelicans at 9, and Sacramento at 10. Um, Woody's bottom four for the West there. He's got the Clippers, the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, so a bit of a slider there, and then the Wolves at pick 10. So really differing with Wolves and Atlanta for, for Woody and I there. So we might have to make a bit of a, a bet for a, for a beer or something like that with Woody there. What was your West playing teams? Well, I might owe you a carton because I don't even have Minnesota <laughs> in the 10. Wow. I've actually got wow. the Clippers, the Pelicans. Yeah, Clippers, Pelicans, Mavericks, and Grizzlies. Okay. To be honest, looking at it now, probably should actually move one of those teams out for Minnesota, but mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just, I'm still not sold on them as a team. I'm not sold on Gobert as, you know, being the same sort of defensive player as he once was. Look, yeah. Anthony Edwards will have a good season, but mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like the, the proverbial might hit the fan at some stage this season. With no, them. fair call. I'll tell you a team who I struggled to sort of place when I was doing that was the Pelicans. Um, I found them just a, a hard one to predict there. I think a lot a lot depends on health with that team, not just Zion, you know, guys like Ingram, CJ, that sort of thing. They were a tough one for me. I think on paper they could maybe make a surprise and potentially get up to maybe the fifth seed or something, but if something doesn't go right for them, they could also be ninth or tenth. So they were probably that hard one for me. Um, well, we've got a few more, you know, individual type ones now. So the all-important Hawks win prediction, uh, prediction there, Stu. So, okay, Woody's got... So last year, 41 and 41, as we know, they win one and lost one the whole season, basically. Um, Woody's got them at 43. I've got them at 45. Um, my argument was to Woody when I said that today, they're going to be a four-game improver just on having... Coach Quinn Snyder there for the whole season. You know, we had Nate McMillan for three quarters of a season last year. Um, you know, there was some you know, maybe some issues with his coaching there. I think Snyder's a, a decent coach. Um, I think we're getting some you know more minutes into guys like Jalen Johnson, Sadiq Bay, Anyeka Okongwu there. So I'm going to say 45, and I think that I'm pretty confident with 45 there. Um, what's your number for the Hawks? The magic number. She had the same number as Woody, funnily enough. I've got 43 and 39. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things, it just it all depends on health. You know, the mm. starting unit was pretty lucky last season for the most part. Yeah. But you know, you can even look at like a DeAndre Hunter, a Sadiq Bay, a Kongwu. If those guys one of them goes down for like twenty games, mm. it could make a massive difference. And, you know, we we assume health when we do these sorts of things, but you know, even with the loss of, of Josh oh, sorry, Josh I was gonna call him Josh Collins instead <laughs> of Josh Smith. With the loss of John Collins, yeah, the Hawks, I think they'll be marginally better than last season, but yeah, you wouldn't back Trey to shoot the ball as badly as he did last season as well. So, yeah, yeah I think 43 is about right. My sort of counter with that with injuries is I just love the Hawks' depth. I think, they're, you know, even if you put out their second lineup there, they're really high on Kobe Bufkin, the you know the point guard out of Michigan as well. So they're going to really try and give him minutes this year. I don't think Patty's going to play a whole lot, but I think we've got the depth there. If one of those starting five goes down, even if someone like, you know, Capella was 
to, you know, to miss some time there. We've got guys like, you know, um, a Congaroo that can come on. Maybe some Bruno Fernando. They like him over there in, in Atlanta as well. But, um, yeah, it'd be interesting. So pretty similar anyway. 43 for you and Woods, 45 for me. And then we've also done this same thing with OKC, given, you know, we've got the, the OKC fan on tonight. And, look, Woody and I are very similar. So Woody's got him at 44 wins. I've got him at 43 wins. Um, what you got? I can't believe that. I've got 44 as well. That's oh, wow. So really close, I, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Absolutely thinking of like... Look, I mean, it's it's hard not to be excited. 40 wins last season. You add a guy like Chet Holmgren, who looks like he could be absolutely elite as a rim protector. Yeah. The young cores stayed the same. You know, Shea's still there. Josh, Luke, Dort, Jalen Williams, they're all a year older. Uh, I tell you who I'm really looking forward to this year having a good season is Isaiah Joe. Really, really mm, like that yep, kid. So yep. uh, it will be great to see how they all progress. But... Yeah, I think 44 in the Western Conference is a pretty decent number. I can see them being a league pass team for me, Stu. I'm going to be looking anytime there's one of those late West Coast games. Oh, okay, season. I'm going to be putting that on straight away. So, yeah, looking forward to see how they go. Um, well, the next one we're going to do, the team with the worst record. I have a feeling we might be similar here. So who, who have you got for the team with the worst record this season? Uh, this was a, an interesting one. You could make a case for... You know, Charlotte could be a disaster based on a lot of the off-court stuff. Mm. Portland, on paper, don't look amazing. They're very young. Detroit's lineup doesn't really instill a whole bunch of confidence in me, but they've got Monty Williams. So I've actually gone with Washington. Yeah. And, like, on paper, I don't love it. I mean, you're starting Tyus Jones at point. He's a really solid backup, but he's maybe not a guy you want to be starting every night. Mm. Uh, Bilal Koulibaly is a rookie. He's only 19. Daniel Gafford's another guy, really decent backup, but he's starting... Jordan Poole doesn't have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson to kind of hide behind and take the attention away from him. So it's basically him and Kuzma that'll be getting all the attention. And then yeah. the second unit, Taj Gibson's 38, yep. Gallinari's 35. Av- Avdia's kind of not really lived up to the hype. And so I don't know. I just I think they could be stuck around that 24-win mark and be dead last. They may have, well have the worst bigs in the whole NBA, I reckon. I mean, you look at that team on paper. You mentioned someone like Daniel Gafford. Yeah, I mean, he's a, you know a ninth or tenth best player at best, and he'll be having to do a lot for this team. So, yeah, no surprise. Woody and I both have the Wizards as well. Um, I kind of thought about Detroit. That's a random team there, but I'll, I'll give a little bit of an argument for them with a, a pick coming up. But all these um, sort of failed draft picks there, can they get something out of Wiseman and that? But, um, yeah, I think Washington's probably a safe pick there. And they did have the lowest um, over and under last week when Mookie and I did those as well. So, um, all right, Rookie of the Year. So I'm wondering whether you're going to have your homer hat on here. Um, Woody and I have both gone Wemby. I actually did that before that game on the, the weekend. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. I think he could average about four blocks this year, which is um, going to be amazing. But um, you're going to tell me, Chet, or are you going to go Wemby? No, I'm actually I'm going with Scoop. Oh, yeah, I like it. I like it. Reasons. So I, I'm I'm taking one of your quotes. So um, you were telling me that you know somebody from Portland's got to put up numbers. Uh-huh. And, you know, I, I think Scoot's a guy who looks ready-made for the league, and I, I really think he's going to do some good things. Nathan yep. was telling me that he reckons that a lot of the, the Spurs fans are saying that Wemby will kind of get eased into things, so there's mm. a possibility that he maybe doesn't play quite as many minutes as we, we would sort of think. So, you know, yeah, somebody in Portland has to get the numbers, and it kind of may as well be Scoop. I like that. And look, um, Coach um, Doc Emmett-Brown coaching um, Wemby does worry me a little bit there. You know, will he start sitting him out and, you know, getting in the DeLorean, doing all those things that um, Doc likes doing? Um, yeah, I think you're right with Scoot as well. I mean, he could easily average, you know, 22 points a game or something on that team. You know, like we said, like you said, or like I said, someone's going to put up those numbers. So, yeah, good pick with that one. Um, he's probably be pretty good value as well if you're a betting man. Um, uh, six man of the year. 
Um, found this one a little bit tough. Um, so Woody's thrown Malik Monk at me from Sacramento. Um, I've gone someone who I'm really high on this year. You've got the same, all right? You tell me. So you've got Malik Monk as well. Wow. Are you sure you and Woody weren't like, you know, conferring with all these tips or not? <laughs> I've no idea what's happening here. But, I mean, there's, there's a few guys like Emmanuel Quickly, Derek White, Norman Powell, Bobby Portis. Those guys will all be good. Yeah. If you look at what Malik Monk did, though, in, in that seven-game playoff series against Golden State, there were times when it felt like he was the only guy who was actually going to get a bucket for Sacramento. Yeah. He had that 32-point game one, 28 in game six when the Kings were up against a 3-2 deficit. I mean, all of those other guys are going to get serious minutes and have great seasons, but I think Malik will continue that playoff form into the season, and I can very much see him being a guy who maybe averages 17 or 18 off the bench. No, good pick. Well, all those players you mentioned, Stu, I don't have any of those. I've got a little bit of a surprise here. Um, someone I'm high on, um, I've got four fantasy teams, and I've got this guy on all four teams this year, so none other than Nas Reed from Minnesota. So I think he's the sort of guy that I think he's going to have a really good season. They signed him to a pretty big contract in the offseason. He's going to get a lot of minutes. Um, I think, you know, we know what, you know, Cat's health, um, health, you know, history's like. We could see Gobert going down and obviously he may start some of those games they might still bring him off the bench but I could see Nas Reed putting up some big numbers this year he's looked pretty good in the preseason as well so um, Nas Reed for me um, look I'm going to go straight down to most improved you because I've got Nas Reed for that as well so I'm going to go Nas Reed for six man of the year and most improved um, we're going to do as you like to say on your show some trivia without notice um, there's only been one player that's won six man of the year and most improved I reckon you probably get this one but do you know who that was? I don't know if I do, actually. 1990, tricky one and just before I get into that I will say this Daryl Armstrong still has the worst dunk comp performance of all oh time. yeah that was ordinary right yeah agreed yeah reverse layup <laughs> at one point uh, there's, there's a couple of guys here for me it was between Shaden Sharp and Austin Reeves yeah Shaden Sharp I can see I like that yeah who goes from maybe 10 up to 18 or 19 mm -hmm. Austin Reeves could be a guy that gets 20 a game as well so it's it's kind of between them but again I still think the opportunities in Portland are going to be a little bit better for him uh, like the Lakers have kind of shored up their bench a little bit more as well, so that you know, I feel like they're probably going to be a little bit more even. It was yeah. really interesting though, like looking at guys that were kind of towards the top of the the rate uh, the ranking. Sorry, Cade Cunningham, Tyrese Maxey, Jordan Poole, and Mikael Bridges. They all averaged twenty points a game last season. Yeah, how can Mikael Bridges get it right? Yeah, it's like Jar Morant. I think was an All Star and then he won it. I, just, I don't quite like those sort of ones. It's got to be someone that's you know making that you know getting a lot more minutes and improving. But yeah, you're right. Someone like Mikael Bridges gets it after averaging twenty, and I think he nearly averaged you know early to mid twenties once he got traded over to to Brooklyn there as well. So. Yeah, interesting. So I like your pick of Shade and Sharp. Nearly 27, man. Eh? Yeah, wow, that's huge, isn't it? It was, it was um, nearly 27 for Bridges. It was ridiculous. 
And I tell you what, Woody's picked a good one here. When he sent this over, I'm like, oh, why didn't I think about that? So a guy that's been dominating the preseason, we'll see if that continues into the regular season. But he's got Jonathan Kaminga from Golden State. So I don't mind that one. I mean, he doesn't have a high bar set there. So if he comes in and can average, you know, 12 points, six or seven rebounds, hit some threes, and they get some wins there, he could be someone worth considering there. So I actually like that one of Woody there. But I don't mind those, though. So, you know, you've got sort of Shaden Sharp. You've got Kaminga. Obviously, I'm going out on a bit of a limb with uh, Nas Reed there. But, yeah, I think three interesting ones, and we'll, we'll probably follow those with interest, right? Yeah. All right, so I next. Say, I really hmm. like the Kaminga. I like the Kaminga pick, man. That, that Kaminga pick is is absolutely brilliant. Because if you think about it, like Jordan Poole leaving, they're going to need bench scoring. He's going to yep. be the guy. So it makes sense. I half thought of just stealing that one and saying, "Oh, Woods, I thought the same." But no, I'll give him that one. I'll I'll, I'll give him his um his roses if he gets that one at the end of the year. But um. All right, so we'll go to Coach of the Year. So I actually hadn't put that. I think I sent you a revised version there, um, Stu, so hopefully you saw that. Um, so what he's saying, um, Eric Spolstra. So that would be his first Coach of the Year, which is probably a bit of a surprise. He's never won that before. Um, I don't think Spolstra will get it because they're going to be a play-in team. But anyway, that's where I, I like to differ and cause a bit of trouble. You know, I like to do that. Um, I'm going to go a bit of a random one here on a team that I still think is going to be pretty crap, but I'm going to say Monty Williams. Um, I think he'll come in there and probably get the best out of some of these young Pistons guys. Um, you know, look, I'm not expecting him to get anywhere near the playoffs, but if they could win 30 to 35 games there and show a bit of improvement in some of these young guys, you know, he gets some some play out of some of these people that we haven't seen a whole lot of. I think someone like Monty Williams could win it. Um, who's your pick for, for COY? I do like Monty Williams. I think he's the sort of guy who could actually get a yeah, 30, 31, 32 win season out of that Pistons team. Yeah. So I think that's a pretty good pick. It's, this is probably the one time I am putting the Homer hat on. I've gone Mark Dignall. I, I yep. think you, you do have to have at least one of these in, in one of these sessions. And I think he did an amazing job developing the Thunder last season, put guys in positions to be yep. successful. Slightly easier job than last season, I guess, with Holmgren back. But I like his temperament. And, and I think there's every possibility that the Thunder could go slightly higher than what, what you and I picked. And, you know, if they make that six, maybe even the five seed, that's a, it's a big achievement. I do like that prediction. He's mentioned before that he can sort of walk through any shopping centre and that and people don't even really notice him these days. So perhaps that could be the year that changes, right? He could be, I think I'll probably have a few more TV games this year as well. So, no, I like that pick. Um, well, we've got two more to go, Stu. So, um, look, we've got, a, we've got a serious one, then a bit of a silly one. So we'll go with the serious one first. So Defensive Player of the Year, um, go through these quickly. Woody's got Anthony Davis. I've got Wemby. Um, who have you got for that one? Uh, I've, I've gone Bam out of bio, actually. Mm -hmm. I think with a lot of the, the changes that Miami's made, I think his ability to stay in front of guys, to recover, to switch on to smaller players and move his feet, I think he... He doesn't necessarily get the same stats in the in the steals and the blocks that a lot of the other guys get. Yeah. Uh, but if you look at some of the other guys like Jaron Jackson Jr., you know Marcus Smart's going to probably take a few of his opportunities away because he's such a good defender outside. Mm. Giannis and AD are going to get their numbers. Wemby, as you mentioned, will get a lot of blocks. But yeah, I just I think for me, Adebayo just looks like such a smart defender and. I think there's a good chance. No, that's a decent one. All right, well, now we've got our final one and a bit of a silly one there. So I set the, the question for us. So who plays more games this season? Zion, Ben Simmons, or Kawhi Leonard? So it was a bit of a tough one. So just before we give our picks, so um, last year, Zion played 29 games. Uh, ben Simmons played 42, and Kawhi played uh, played 52. So look, Woody and I have done the same. We've both gone Ben Simmons for this one. Um, before I ask you for your pick, um, Woody also sent with his pick. He thinks that Simmons is going to have a really big bounce back season this year. So Woody's really high on Ben Simmons and, and playing a lot of games there. Um, did you have anything different to us there? 
No, I agree entirely. Mm. If you're putting faith in Zion Williamson's health, yeah. that is uh, that's a very, very tough thing to do. You've got to look at it. He weighs... 284 pounds. That's more than Jonas Valanciunas and about six pounds less than Boban. Mm, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, but between that and then Kawhi Leonard, you have to feel like the Clippers will find creative ways to still give him the rest that he sort of wants when he can't be bothered playing. So 100%. I think with Ben, there's not really the same sort of... There's no pressure for him in Brooklyn. They're not expecting yep. big things out of him. So he can just kind of do his own thing. And look, they'll be a really fun team to watch as well. I think he'll mm, have a really good season as well. Nice one. Well, I enjoyed that. So what I'll do is I'll um, sort of go in there and record your ones. And as I said, we'll bring this up in a, another episode and kind of grade us there. I know I uh, killed Woody with the predictions last year. You'll probably disagree, but I'm pretty sure I did. Uh, but we'll see how we went with some of those. I'm sure there, there will be a few that we're way off there. Um, you know, Nas Reed could come in and average, you know, seven and a half points and, and do nothing for the season. I might look like a fool on that one. But no, that was a fun exercise there. Well, um, we're going to sort of round out the show tonight, Stu. I know you've been looking forward to this. Um, This is a new one for me too. So everyone knows I've done done classic packs we're episode 92 now we've probably done i'd say at least 50 shows where you know someone's read clues to me we're going to switch it up tonight i'm actually going to read the clues to the stew which i'm looking forward to do so i'm actually going to give you a choice as well Stu. i've got two packs here so we haven't this has been we haven't talked about this you're going to pick which pack i'm going to open here so we've got skybox inaugural edition i know you're a fan of that set we've also got tops 94.95 so brand new sealed packs there what you got I mean, I do like the Skybox. It's hard to go past it. I have to say, though, all week I've been sitting here thinking, like, it's this is just like watching a game show on TV. You're sitting <laughs> at home and you're just listening in. It's like, oh, this is so easy. Or when you're giving the clues, it's easy. This side, you know, the bright lights are on. It, this is be interesting. <laughs> well, I've got to see if I'm good at clues. So we go on the Skybox, right? Yep. Skybox it is. All right, so brand new seal packs. That's Skybox Series 2 Inaugural Edition. Um, so what do we got here? Um... 1990-91, I think it is. So you can actually um, try and get an inaugural tin while stocks last. Um, yeah, I don't think that's still available, given that it expired in August 1991. Anyway, I'll open this up. I like hearing this and what he does it, so I want to sort of get some sounds through the mic. So open this. I'm kind of a little bit nervous here, Stu. I'm not sure whether I'll be able to give good clues. I hope I will be. Um, I know you and I are both very similar here with um, with numbers. Um, this is a bit um, stuck at the top, so I'm going to call out for some um, scissors to open these here. But, yeah, looking forward to see who we get here. Um, very um, very good design, these um, Skybox ones as well. Um, you know, for those that haven't seen it, there's a lot of artwork on these ones. Um, they sort of put the player in a bit of a, a fancy background. So, all right. So, let's see what we've got here. Series 2 series two is always a little bit trickier because obviously there's a few more obscure bench players on them as well. <laughs> okay. All right. We're going to start off here. I can see why Woody always smiles when he does this. It is fun. Um, not John Conkak, although Conkak did play for this team. Funny enough, Stu, this is a guy you actually sent me a message this week and told me that you knew someone that was selling a jersey of this player. So how uncanny that that's the very first player. Um Orlando Magic is my clue there, and I reckon you might remember the, the rest. Mark Akers. Mark Akers. How random is that after you mentioned that to me this week? So we've got big Mark Akers um, playing for Orlando, rocking the number 42. So look how nice those cards are, right? And then on the back, we've got a pretty big picture as well and some stats there. Um, yeah, it just says Mark on the bottom, which is pretty cool as well. Um, yeah, that's a random one, right? So in his NBA career, he averaged 3.6 points. So... Firstly, I can't believe that someone had a Mark Akers jersey there, Stu, and how random to get that one in, our, in the first pick. So, Mark Akers. All right. Second start. one, we've, we've got a coach. 
I'm not sure whether that's a good thing or not. Um, he's looking pretty serious on this one. He's got his arms folded. So um, the clue before I give it to him, he had a pretty solid moustaches. I'm a bit of a fan of the moustaches, as you know. So he had a pretty solid moustache, and he was a Western Conference coach there. So Rick Adelman. Rick Adelman is correct. Um, he's not looking very happy in this pack, though. He's got the arms folded. I think they could be down there. Um, yeah, great moustache there. Um, got a bit of a quote on the back. So in that or any season, there seventy three and forty four for a sixty two percent win loss record. So that was a pretty pretty solid coaching record there with Portland. I'm enjoying this. I like this. I can see why Woody likes very, it. Very good Portland Trailblazers. Wow. There. That, that, that's a Portland Trailblazers team that Mookie would have loved. Though. Yeah, he would have loved that one. Mate, we've got a random one here. Um, this is really going to test you, but I reckon you might still get it. Um, I'm even trying to find a number on this guy, and I can't, which makes it a little bit tough. Um, okay, he's a Utah Jazz player, um, and he's a 6'2". Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, you've been looking at this set recently, I reckon. That's a great I, get. I, sh I shit you not. <laughs> I, honestly, I do, I'm do. i not joking. When you said random, that was mm. the first name that came into my mind was Delaney that is, Rudd. That is very random, Delaney right? Rudd. Delaney Rudd. So, again, an NBA career average of 3.5. So, I think he's just... Oh, he's 0.1 down from Mark Akers. So you wouldn't say it's a superstar pack so fast, Stu. And look, it's um, the trend continues with the next one, right? So we've got a guy here. He's pictured in a New Jersey um, uniform. Also had time with the Bulls and San Antonio would be the teams I remember. And he's a, he's a, he's a BWS, so a big, big white stiff there. Um, played with all those teams. Jack, um, Haley. Jack Haley is correct. Um, four points for his career. So we're getting up there a little bit into the four. So Jack Haley. So going very well here, Stu. I can see you maybe getting a clean sweep here. Um, wow. Um, I don't know if you listened to the show last week, but I think this is a guy we got last week that I actually didn't get. So we've got him featured in a San Antonio jersey there. Um, He's a 6'9 forward, 10.8 point career average, so a little bit better there. Um, don't know a lot about this guy. I know um, Mookie gave me a few clues, and his number's a little bit cut off there. He's rocking some great converse weapons as well, but that's not much of a clue. Um, the last half of his surname is... Um, well, that's um, giving something away. Is is the name of our of my usual host? So the last half of his name is the the name of my usual host. So that's a little bit of a clue there, and maybe my oh, the, oh David Greenwood. Of David course, Greenwood, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's random. We got that last week, and I thought that was a bit of a strange one. So um, yeah, again, a bit of a random pack. I'm hoping we get a superstar. Um, the next one here, I'm when I see good. this, when I see this guy, I just think of an awesome mullet, right? So he played for an Eastern Conference team, a big white guy with an awesome Wayne mullet. Jesus. No, that's pro that's probably the best mullet. This guy might have the second one. Um, he had some great hair. This guy um, played on a lot of those teams with Charles Barkley, um, some of those Philadelphia teams Mike going Jeminsky. back there. Mike Jeminski is correct. So um, I feel a bit sorry for Mike Jeminski on this one because I think Manute Bowles is about to block his shot. So I think he could be in a little bit of trouble there. So um, he was solid, wasn't he? 12.8 um, career average there, um, 6.11.250 for Big Mike there. So uh, that's a great photo of him on the back as well. He's not looking too happy with how things are going. Seriously, Robbie, check it out. I reckon he's got a career-high average of somewhere in the vicinity of like 16.8. Yeah, no, nah, he probably stepped it up from that time as well. So, yeah, unheralded player. Yeah, a good free-throw shooter, which as well was a, always a big one for a big guy like that. So he was a career of nearly 85% free-throw shooter, which is pretty good. So... Um, wow, the, we, I think you're right with this series too. There's maybe not a lot of stars in this one. So we've got a guy here that, um, if I'm thinking of the right guy, yeah. So a Phoenix Suns 6'11 centre uh, with an... Ex 
No, um, not the big redhead Tim Kempton, who, if you remember, tripped over a seat once. He tried to save a ball out of bounds, jumped back on and tripped over the seat. He's on one of those NBA bloopers. So this guy's rocking the number 28 jersey, which is a jersey we don't see very often. I know you and I sometimes like numbers. No, not him. Um, if it's the guy I'm thinking, um, I think we have spoken about him a little bit before because he was in... A pretty big trade, I think, that basically happened. Um, no, um, I think he might have been in that trade, though, from memory. Um, so he went to college at Arkansas. He also played with my Atlanta Hawks and rocked that number 28 as well. Um, what do we got there? Yeah, he was he was in the trade, I'm thinking. So you mentioned Tim Perry. He was in the Tim Perry trade. I feel like this guy's come up a couple of times with Woods and I in the past now. It's a 6'11". Um, Number 28, and he was in the Charles Barkley trade. So he was probably the the more unknown guy that got traded along with Jeff Horner, second Tim Perry. So who was that third guy? Oh, okay. So the first one, I'm glad I at least stumped you once, otherwise I might have lost my job. You're going to know it straight away. Andrew Lang. So he's the, the trivia question. So he's oh, the yeah he's the third guy in that Charles Barkley trade. So Barkley got traded to Phoenix for Jeff Hornacek, Tim Perry, and none other than Andrew Lang. A three point one career scoring average. So they're going down now. Um, all right. I won't even dumber about that as well though, because when you mm. when you actually gave him the clue about oh, who was involved in that trade, I got Andrew Lang when you said it. Interesting. I couldn't think of it on the spot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the next one, I won't give his nickname away because you'll get that straight away. Um, he's a little guy and a left-hander will be my first clues, and I'll see how you go with those first clues. Um, very much a journeyman player. People probably don't remember him in the team that he's pictured in here. His career scoring average at the time was 2.2, so the, we're really getting some um, obscure guys, although this guy is an obscure guy. He's been an NBA head coach, um, more fondly remembered for... Crotty, not John Crotty. Um, he's probably someone that Nath quite likes. Um, that's probably another clue for you there. Of course, um, those that don't remember Nath being a Spurs fan. Um, he's pictured in a Denver Nuggets jersey here. He's actually been guarded by... Um, oh, who's that, sorry? Johnson. Avery Johnson, yeah. He's been guarded by fat-ass fat Ramil Robinson from the Hawks as well. So Avery Johnson rocking that lovely Denver jersey that we all like and, and love there. So, yeah, the little general is going to give that away, but that would have been too easy a clue. But, yeah, he, he certainly got the best out of his career there. Um, yeah, Denver, you kind of don't you forget about him in that uniform, right? So, yeah. Um, all right, so now we've got someone that isn't obscure, right? Um, someone that I know Woody's a massive fan of. This guy gets shouted out a lot in some hip-hop songs. I know that's not all your thing, um, Stu, but he got shouted out in the Wu-Tang song Triumph, which I'm a big fan of that song in the Wu-Tang there. He got shouted out by, I'm going to say, maybe Raekwon towards the end of that song. But anyway, he's a New York City point guard. Um Played with a few teams there. Rod Strickland is correct. So this one here is pictured in the Spurs uniform there. So probably, you know, people remember with Washington and the Knicks there, but with Washington, um, love watching him play. He had a bit to do with um, Kyrie's dad, if I'm not mistaken, right? Is he Kyrie's godfather or is there some something like that there maybe? Um, Good question. I think he might be, might be some. I'll tell you what, I can hear Nathan screaming because I know Nathan doesn't like him for the centre. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. dodgy behind-the-back pass in Portland, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I think he was a bit of a, a tough teammate, but he certainly had a lot of talent. So, yeah, Rod Strickland there. Um, all right, so what have we got here? Wow. Um, this is someone who I reckon you're going to get, right? So I believe he could be another left-hander. Um, another random number. So I'm going to give his number first and see if that rings a bell. So rocking the number 19. So does that ring any bells for you there? Um, don't think there's been a lot of NBA players that have rocked the number 19. Um, 
Ten and a half point scoring average, not too bad. Um, so I remember him playing for the Lakers. This card here is Minnesota, so I think he might have been one of those you know, initial Minnesota teams there. Oh, Tony, Tony Campbell? Tony Campbell, correct. Yeah, 6-7. Um, I don't know the colleges on this one, so I can't give the college stats. But yeah. Was he a lefty? Am I mistaken or not? Okay, maybe it's just because he's dribbling there. Actually, yeah, he's shooting a free throw. So that probably wasn't the best clue if I gave that. But yeah, Tony Campbell, number 19. So I'd be surprised if there's another number 19 in the NBA at the moment. Um, someone can fact-check me if there is. Um, hey, what's the rule on the team logo, emblem, and ones? I can't rip those up, can I? It's got to actually be a checklist. So I actually wanted to rip one up, but I'm not because this one actually looks really good. So no real guess on this one. Um, but we've got the lovely-looking... Boston Celtics. Look how nice that looks. So I'm going to read you their team checklist, though. You can't, you can't rip that nah, off. No, okay. It looks nice, doesn't it, that one there? So team checklist, Jew. So we've got John Bagley, um, some guy, Larry Bird, I think it is, um, Kevin Gamble, Joe Klein, um, rest in peace, Reggie Lewis, Kevin McHale, Robert the Chief Paris, uh, Parrish, Ed Pinckney, Brian Shaw, Michael Smith, and a coach with another great moustache who I believe might not be with us. And uh, the Chris Ford, yeah, good old um, Frankovich, was a seven-foot Mr. Bean, I used to call him back in the day, but he's not on that one. But that is a nice-looking card. I'm not going to rip that up. So, all right, we've got about four left here. Um, all right, I feel like this guy's come up a lot when Woody and I have done these classic packs. Um, he's a guy that I always remind Woody because he forgets that he actually played with the Atlanta Hawks. Um, this guy's featured for the Clippers here. Um, I believe he also played for the Bucks off the top of my head. Um, he's got a bit of an old school first name. Is it the Snake? Um, it is the Snake. Yes, it is the Snake. So, yeah, so you know. Kenny Norman. Kenny Norman, yeah. I was going to say, probably. I don't think anyone probably knows anyone with the name Ken these days. It's probably a bit of an old school name there. Um, being guarded by Willie Anderson, I'm going to say, maybe there. I don't know if you can get a good look at that. looks like it could be could be Willie Anderson. Um, pretty good action shot on the back here. So I'm not quite sure what, what the snake's done on this one, but he's done something right. So he's looking pretty happy with himself. But he was um, he was an interesting player. Six, eight, um, forward there. Actually, you know, developed a bit of an outside shot. You know, career average of around 15 a game at the time there. So pretty decent player, Ken Norman. Um, shout out to my brother if he's listening to this one. I know he was a fan of, of Mr. Norman back in the day. So, all right. So I have a feeling it's going to be maybe Rod Strickland might be the best player. We've got three left. All right. So, all right. We've got a number 23 for the Cavs. Um, so going back a fair while now. Um, Winston Bennett? Not Winston Bennett. Shout out. He played some NBL too, I think, didn't he, for the Brisbane Bullets, um, Winston Bennett. But no, this guy, um, don't know a lot about this guy. Um, he was a 6'3 guard, 3.9 career scoring average. So, you know, nothing amazing there. Um, so um, the clue which you'll probably get, I think I might have even mentioned this in a, a teaser with you before, but his namesake, his, well, his namesake had a couple of guys that played AFL. So there might have been at least three of these guys that played AFL. Um Played, you know, there's one for West Coast, one for Melbourne. They were kind of small forwards, could craft out a goal. Um, got a very common first name, so 23. Um, oh, is it? Is it? Is it? No, it's not. No. Um, so John. It's a tough one. I can't think of any Johns that played for them. Like, John Morton. So John. my clue was Morton being Mitch Morton and Kyle Morton, all those guys in the AFL. But yeah, uh, John Morton, rocking that nice 23-looking Cavs jersey there. So didn't have many other clues about him. Um, oh, wow. We've got two to go here, Stu. I know you're going to like the next one. So another big guy that also had a little bit of time with the Hawks. Um, he's got a very European-sounding last name. 
Very, very good. That was your quickest one, yeah. So, yeah, I think he's someone that we both like, right? Wearing that awesome Denver Nuggets jersey. Um, seven foot two fifty. So he was a big boy, wasn't he? So we've got big Blair and we've got big Mike Jaminski. So it's a shame we didn't get some Dwayne Chintzius in this pack, but um, good old Blair there. Um, wow. We've saved the best till last. And I didn't plan this either. We've absolutely saved the best for last. Um, we've got a rookie card here and a very fine rookie at that. Hall of Famer. Um... Currently got a son that's playing in the NBA. Who was that? Gary Payton. Gary Payton is correct. And look how nice that card is. That is beautiful. I reckon that could be worth a couple of bucks too. So I'll, um, I'll try and get my Beckett out on, online that I sort of saved recently. But that's a beautiful card there. So, yeah, the rookie card, 6'4", 180. Um, it's got his college stats and, you know, talked about, um, you know, how he does some stuff for charity. Um, youngster growing up in Oakland. So I'm loving that Gary Payton. Um, Stu, it went really well, mate. Um, that was a pretty tough pack, I've got to say. Um I'm going to say, I'm going to call it a draw if I did. I'm going to say I would have got John Morton, but I would not have got Delaney Rudd. So massive props here on Delaney Rudd. I would have, you could have given me 20 clues and I don't think I would have got that one. So, um, yeah, interesting pack. Um, so Gary Payton and Rod Strickland were probably the two standouts there. And maybe Avery Johnson rocking that old Denver Nuggets jersey. But otherwise, we've got a lot of guys with, you know, career scoring averages of about, about four points a game. So, um, that was fun. Did you enjoy that? It's good. Yeah, good challenge. I, I love the challenge of these <laughs> random guys. I'm actually really disappointed I didn't get John Morton. I, I, I know the guy, but yeah, just as you say, when the lights are on, it's uh, it can sometimes be tricky to, to bring those names. From the Woody's still on. teasing me for some of my guesses last week when Mookie gave that Duke question there because obviously we were doing a 92 pack of cards, but he said an, a guy drafted in 89, but it's a rookie. And I kind of got a bit confused. So I was throwing out all these random um, Duke guys, which Woody gave me a bit of shit for, which is a little bit mean by Woody. But anyway, um, you're right, though. The lights come on and the pressure's on there and everything like that. And, but um, no, that was great fun, mate. Well, that pretty much brings us to the end of the show now. So look, before I get into all the formalities, just wanted to really thank you, Stu, for coming on. Um, I know we've had this teed up for a while. Um, you know, I feel like you and I, especially even more so than Woods and Nath, could probably do this um, chatting random NBA players for about the next two hours if we wanted to. But you've got another podcast to do today. So um, before I give our little shout-outs there, why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast, um, where people can find you, and um, yeah, really encourage people once Stu says this to, to go in and give them a like and a follow and, and listen to what they do because it's so good. No, I appreciate it, man. So uh, listeners can check out the Sport Blokes anywhere they listen to podcasts apart from YouTube. We're a, a visual medium, unfortunately. Uh, we focus mostly on basketball, cricket, AFL, uh, any big news sort of stuff that's happening in any kind of sport, I guess. But we also timestamp our episodes. So if you like you, Robbie, and you don't like cricket, you can always fast forward through that. Um, we do a lot of fun stuff as well. We've done a bunch of redrafts of old NBA drafts. We had you guys on for the 93 one. I reckon we'll probably have to have you on for that Super Stack 96 redraft. That's a really fun Sounds one. Sounds good, yeah. Uh, where will Jamie Fike and Amal McCaskill, <laughs> where will they fall? So, so some good names in that one, though. Um, we also look at things like Sporting Chokes as well. So our Sport Chokes episodes, we've, I think we've done about five of those. Uh, and we get special guests on from time to time. Uh, on top of that, you can find us at Sport Blokes on Twitter. We refuse to call it X, as I said before. <laughs> or you can send us a mailbag question at sportblokes at gmail.com. Um, but, yeah, no, thank you so much for having me on, man. Absolute blast. I love love everything you guys do. No, pleasure. And this will just be a you know, continuing thing that we got, you know, me and Woods go on your show. You guys come on our show. So shout out to Nath, who I'm, I keep expecting to sort of open that door behind you and do a bit of a surprise or something like that. But he's been good. He's probably having a, probably having a 
feed over there as well. Maybe you're getting ready for your show. But um, we're just uh, going into our shout-outs there. So, and as I mentioned at the start of the show, so the man himself, the 40-year-old the Woody V, is back next week. So um, this will be the last show with a special guest. And a big shout-out as well. You know, obviously, we had Jacinta the first week. We had Nath. We had Mookie and then Stu tonight. Um, they did absolutely amazing jobs. Um, you know, Woody's job's in a little bit of doubt, especially the way Mookie hosted last week and how good these other three have been. But um, for those that want to follow us there, um, you can also find us on Twitter or X at Throwbacks Hoops, um, on Instagram at throwback.hoops, um, our email address throwbackhoopspodcast at gmail.com. Um, throw us some jersey selections. I've been a little bit slack. We normally post our jerseys on X. Um, I've had a lot to do with Woody being away, so that's probably the one thing I haven't been able to get to, so we'll continue that. Um, I'll pull out some more random ones. I was a little bit lazy tonight, Stu, just pulling out a, a Josh Giddy, which still had the tags on. I ripped that off before I put it on tonight, and then just an old-school Russell Westbrook. But, hey, that was in honour of yourself there. But, um, you know, I know Woody's also normally doing his Patreon shout-out, so if anyone would like to give us a pledge there, patreon.com slash throwbackhoops. Um, you know, if you can pledge a couple of dollars a month, it would really help us out with the production. Um, quite a lot of costs associated with doing all the video and editing things that we do with maintaining this podcast. Um, and, yeah... Um, just wanted to say we'll be back next week with Woody. Um, I'm going to throw to you, though, Stu. As I said, we're two sleeps away um, from the NBA starting. Give us a quick thought. What are you looking forward to in round one? And also, more importantly, what are you and um, Nath going to be talking about on your uh, episode you're going to be recording of the Sport Blokes tonight? Oh, look, World Cup cricket is getting a little bit crazy right now, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. The NBL round, obviously. It's a bit of a lot of double up, I guess, on what we've just spoken about. And- yeah the James Harden trade that never was with the Clippers. So there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Uh, but no, look, it's it's an exciting time, and I, I think I'm just ready for them to throw that ball up right now. Nice. And um, what's going to make Stu say bloody hell tonight? Can you give us a sneak peek or not? Uh, yeah, look, there's, uh, there's a very unfortunate trivia question at a college football game involving a certain notorious leader. Uh, from from way back when, so interesting. You know, hang well, in tight for that one. Everyone will have to listen to find out who that is. So, all right, we'll really appreciate it, Stu. It's been an absolute blast having you on there. Um, thanks for everyone for you know all your support and all your, your likes and everything. Um, we're approaching that episode 100, so it'll be a bit of a milestone for us. And can't wait to bring you more shows. And it's a big piece uh, piece out from the Throwback Hoops crew. Thanks again, mate. Peace out. Everyone enjoy the greatest podcast theme song of all time. (laughs) Thanks, mate. Bring it on, Black Rob.